you know, God. some. So where'd that come from? Where'd it come from? What's what do we talk about, John? We talk about spirit. We talk about, you know, we're loaded here with spiritual stuff, gods of every kind. I mean, where does it come from? Where do me and you come from? Where people don't understand whether you love us or hate us or like our episodes or don't like them. We literally have no clue what we're talking about until we press on. We sit here, the director, they give us ideas, the producer gives us ideas. Do you know the other day, the lighting guy said, hey, Phil, come here. What? What's going on? You okay? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys talk about that? Like, everybody's got a suggestion. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And right, you, right. You, you listen to the suggestions. You know, right. some are good, some are bad. They're interesting. Mm. But, uh, you know, so when the camera comes on, yeah. I mean, it's you and me and that 50-year bond. Yeah. You know, and it's, right. just, it's just out there. You and, know? you know, the one thing that I would like to call to the attention of the viewers, we're not going to dazzle you with with facts or fact-checker bullshit and, you know, and outside video clips. This is a homegrown grassroots production. But what you're going to find on every episode is a common denominator that Phil and I always seem to kind of intercept on that's what a common denominator is and there's always a passion that's going on that's coming out of us about something that's whether right. it's phil me both of us so the things that rise up in our in our hearts and minds to talk about uh usually it's a it's a passion play and very often almost all the time i'll pray to saint anthony of padua even when I was screenwriting, script writing, you know, we were kind of, you know, tangled up in a, in a moment at some juncture in the script where we just couldn't find the right in or out. Pray to St. Anthony and St. Anthony will bestow upon you exactly what you're looking for. And it's worked every single time for me. Previous episodes, I've talked about it, like getting an IV in a chubby dehydrated baby in the OR on the table with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. It happens. So, well, so I think I think it was it's a good topic. Yeah, that is a good topic. Kick so, it off. Uh, yeah. You so do a countdown. Uh, yeah, let, yeah. Let's do a countdown. We got so deep into that. Yeah, I forgot about it. All right, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, friends. Welcome to the next edition of the Jersey Alchemist, and I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. The topic of the day, Phil, that came up organically is? A a stinger, ungratefulness. Ungratefulness. People out there, think of people in your life, whether it be a boss, a husband, a wife, a child a friend, a cousin, anybody anybody who you bent over backwards for, done things for them, and then all of a sudden they throw something in your face like, oh, you can't help them one time. Oh, well, well, what do you mean you can't, you know, what do you mean? I'm like, are you serious? I just did 19 things that helped you or your kid or somebody, mm-hmm. and now because I actually have a life of my own, I mean, I can't go forward. I am flat out done with ungrateful people. John, please take over. <laughs> take over. Uh, oh, I, I, my God. My blood's boiling. My 
blood's blood. I don't know, Phil. That's passion. Yeah. Weren't we just talking about the passion that wells up yeah. organically yeah. on the Jersey Alchemist? Yes, you, we uh, are. I, what, Come on, man. Uh, I mean, Keep well, going. Well, it's just like ungrateful. I mean, and we brought this topic up because I have a friend who needs help at certain times, you know, isn't capable of doing certain things. So, you know what? I'll always be there for my friends, my family. Always be that guy, you know, not worried about sleep, not worried about finances. I can honestly say for a guy who doesn't have a lot financially, I've given, I hate to say this, this sounds so self, what's the word, John? I mean, but you know what? You you extend yourself physically, emotionally, financially, as much as you possibly can. Put yourself in a tough situation to help somebody. And then it's just, but it two weeks later, a day later, couple hours later yeah oh what do you mean you can't you you're you're doing this you're not doing that like i thought i needed you like come on when is enough enough john when do people just say you know what this guy this or girl has given me everything you know and and it's just never seems satisfied wow I, i gotta tell you most of the uh most of the accounts of people being ungrateful regarding me in my life, yeah. they've been uh, close first degree family members. Wow. So that, um, dum, 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 that kind of puts the, the zip ties on my wrists a little bit All because, right. because, no, I, I, you know, we can talk about it and we can change the faces and the names. Oh, yeah, to protect the. Not so innocent. (laughs) Not so innocent. Right. I think one of the ways that I try to get around um, the the hurt, the dismay of of being, I, you know what, I know where I can go with this. I know where the safe out is. I know where the safe haven is. Okay. Uh, past relationships that don't exist anymore. True. You know, uh, am I still cordial with them and whatnot? Yeah, you know, social media, this and that. I mean, that's what social media apparently is all about. But, um, you know, I, I have to admit, I've found that for me, the people in my life that really exhibited that that the true essence of of being ungrateful i was always the maybe the unwitting setup man i always set myself up to be screwed by the other person if i were somebody who were very stingy with with me stingy with me Right, well stingy said. with my emotions, stingy with my my feelings, my support, my money, um, anything. If if I you know, I was never that stingy guy. So the stingy people have a way of kind of holding off the people that might be ungrateful. Maybe, maybe it's such a repugnant thought to the stingy ones out there that they never want to feel that. Mm. But because I was. Truly, an overly generous person, you end up setting yourself up. You know, uh, an ex-girlfriend drove her here, drove her there, bought her this, bought her that. 
uh, you know, it got to a point where all she was playing me like a fiddle, playing me like a fiddle. You know, she's a fine. You know, I bet if I just mentioned to John, a little bit off the cuff, under my voice, you know, my back tire is bald. You know, I think I got to keep. You know, all of a sudden, John's got the car down at the tire center, and they're they're changing the tire, or they're changing all. John, all four tires getting changed. I don't know what to say. The only thing I can say is, geez, John, my back tire, it keeps losing air. So they play it over and over and over and over again. And then what do they, what do they give back? They give back ungratefulness. Mm. And, but I set myself up for it. Yes. You know what, John? I always say, a thief thinks everybody's stealing. Somebody who tells tales as a bullshitter think everybody's bullshitting. So, but us are people like us. We're, we think people are sincere because we're sincere. Yeah. So if somebody says, oh, I could use this or I need help here, no problem, no problem. We'll do it, do it, do it. And hopefully somewhere down the line, that light will go off. Like mine just went off today. And I'll be like, like, wait a minute. I mean, hold on. Like this has got to stop. But it's our own fault. Because we gave so much, we give so much, like other people I know do out there, yeah. that, you know, now it's entitlement. Yeah. Now you're expected. You have to jump. Yeah. How high are you going to jump? Because I said I wanted you to jump, and I need you to jump in five minutes. And yeah. uh, I know you jumped yesterday. Uh, you jumped today, and guess what? You're going to have to jump tomorrow because, you know, that's what you've been doing. Right. You know? So, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Not right. be yourself, John? I mean, you're so generous with with everything about you, your time, your 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 yourself. You've helped so many people. I mean, but it's, that's who you are. Yeah. That's who we are. We can't. And takers. Yeah. That's who they are. That's who they are. Listen, let's just cut it down the line. It's fifty-fifty. There's no in between. You're either a giver, or you're a taker in this life. And you people out there, you know what I'm talking about. Right. All you givers out there. You know how much you give to your relationships, your kids, your bosses, your friends. And after a while, you're just like, I'm uh, you tired. Know, well, it's funny, you know, I, and every once in a while, if you have uh, a, um, a tale of woe, let's say it's really eaten the shit out of you. It's eaten the shit out of you that there are ungrateful people in your life or people that aren't giving back to you what you thought should be equal to what you're giving to them, right? Now that's really a construct of your own making, right? So again, you set yourself up, but I worked with a woman who was originally from Brooklyn and she was kind of edgy, a lot like I am. And she asked me one day, yeah, so how's that so-and-so or blah, 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 that you were telling me about. And I, had, I immediately responded with the tale of woe. And she sat there and she looked at me and she says, what? She goes, she goes, you're such a smart fucking guy. Mm. She says, that leads me to one conclusion. She goes, you're just a fucking sucker. And she said it in her heavy new year, you're just a fucking sucker. No R. Yeah. No R. I'm a sucker, a fucking sucker. And I thought, I was like immediately offended, but I didn't act that way because, you know, you know, 
only certain people that I really don't associate with act offended. I can't stand those people. Suck it up. Butter I thought cup. about it. I thought about it. And those words were said to me three or four years ago, at least, still in my head. It's still in my head that I'm the sucker. And you're a sucker because you set yourself up to be a sucker. That's how I see, yeah, I'm, I, and I'm not broad brushing all of the instances of, of ingrates in our lives. Yeah. There's a lot of ingrates, you know, but think about it, right? There's an expression that I really do live by, and I can't remember where the hell I heard it, but it was, it goes like this. The root of all angst, A-N-G-S-T, angst, angst means, uh, you know, just like dysphoria, like you, you've been Thank stabbed, you. you know? The root of all angst is unmet expectation. Think about that. The root of all angst is unmet expectation. Mm -hmm. So if you have an expectation, you've just set the bar for the pole vault or the high jump. You set the bar. You did. Not anybody else out there. You set the bar, that threshold, for you to choose to have angst. John, I agree 100%. And I also agree, but I want to disagree a little bit no, with, with, no. with, with the sucker term because usually it's people like if you're a sucker some guy comes on the all down the street hey pal you gotta you got you know you got a five dollar bill oh sure <laughs> yeah hey here you go bud thank right. you and the next day like all right that happened to me a couple times i mean the you guy know in the quick check or the, the Wawa or whatever the guy in the the garden state parkway gas station until i recognize them all right <laughs> <laughs> hey but 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 you know ah, it's, it's funny. we're usually people not just us but people that are givers are usually taken advantage of by people we know it could be your kids it could be your like you said your relationships it could be you know the people co-workers distant relatives it always somebody we know so we're late we get that false sense of sincerity that Okay, if I give, yeah. I'll get it back, or you know, you know, but it'll re right. reciprocate right. at some point. Right. So that's where it really comes in. And how's that expression go? Fool me once, shame yeah. on you. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's right. Right. That's right. So, but, but right. that really speaks to. We set up, the parameters, and the thresholds for our angst we do other people can't do it mm. right i mean yes. you know like if you if you if you were walking down the street in any given city and you went up to a stranger and said hey hey bud you know what uh, i'm feeling kind of hungry i want to go in for a steak can you lend me 75 bucks and they said hey go fuck yourself right mm. are you going to be torpedoed by that are you going to be upset are you gonna are, are you gonna be upset? I mean, you can't be. But if you are, that's a little bit crazy mm -hmm. because you set the parameters that you know that your expectations were that this complete stranger was gonna lay seventy five bucks on you, uh, and and they're that's, they're not going to. Yeah, yeah. You you know, John, you're a hundred percent right. We are building the house that takers. We are allowing them. We're giving them the keys to the front door. 
It's all, yeah. like you said, it's all right. under our control. Right. You know, we can stop it. We can just say no, but we can't because we want to help people. You want to go, yeah. you know, go the extra mile. Yeah. You do things during your day that normal people don't do because there are a lot of people in that cocoon. Mm -hmm. They're in yeah. their little box and right. they help you. No, I'm busy. Uh, how about next week? No, no, I'm busy again. Yeah. I mean, it just, it doesn't stop. It's always no, no, no. Maybe they're just smarter than givers. You know, so they're not givers or takers. They're just like, you know what? I'm going to stay neutral. I'm not going to help anybody. And I don't want anybody helping me. You know, maybe that's uh, what's going on here. I don't know. But so I'll how, tell you so what. But how do we how do we apply that life rule, that dictum? The root of all angst is unmet expectation. Let's talk about, you know, do you have any examples of that? I mean, there's there's tons of examples, tons. You know, when it comes to business, you enter into a business agreement with somebody, you know, that, case in point, uh, mm, Easy now. this was the double whammy, right? I had to trade in at the end of my lease, the fa my favorite car that I've ever driven in my life, and I'm going to tell you what it was. I'm not a Beamer guy. I've ha I've done that, been there, done that. I was told, well, I don't want to, all right, let me just, I won't go into the negative shit about the Beamers, but, you know, if you, if you buy one and it, and it goes over the threshold for the... Um, Mileage. Not, yeah, the... Um, the lease? No. Mm -hmm. The uh, like... the contract for mileage, and then if it breaks, it yeah, uh, yeah, that... what's it called? No, everybody knows the word. I just can't think of it. You got pay per mile, right? You got to pay per mile. It's the lease. The warranty. Oh. <laughs> if you if you drive that car past its warranty, Beamers by and large, they're known to basically clunk out on you about 5,000 miles after the warranty is up, and now you're stuck with a big fat fucking bill. But if you lease the car, there's a good chance you're gonna get by that. So, love the Beamer. It is just a tremendous, what's the commercial? It's the... Um, it's a nice car. It's something to drive. It's, it's, it's just the best driving car I've ever been in in my life. It's amazing. It's not so hot if you're the passenger in the back seat. I've had the Mercedes. I've had a Mercedes muscle car, a C63 AMG. Whenever I used to drive through New Brunswick, through the Rutgers area, all of the co-eds co would stop and look because it had four chrome tailpipes and it would boom, 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 you know, and everybody thought it was something that it really wasn't. It really wasn't, you know, and, and it, I ended up turning that car back early, but my favorite car in the entire world this will tell you who I am, was a Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro, P-R-O. TRD stands for Toyota Racing, Racing Division Pro. It's not a TRD off-road. It's not a this, it's not a that, it's not an SR5. If not, it's not a limited with all of the fluffy shit. TRD Pro is just a manly, manly SUV. Yes. And it was my favorite car in the world. But it was it was running me a bit much money, and so I had to turn it in. And I told the dealership, listen, you, you guys know me. They have my cell phone number, I have theirs. 
okay, the managers, the, 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 the service people, the sales people. This would have been my fifth vehicle from that one dealership. Okay, we got a relationship, if that's possible, within the confines of, of business. And I says, look, I want the same car, order it. I says, I, I did a national search, I can't find it, they're hard to get, blah, 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 all that bullshit. And the guy says to me, oh, don't worry, there'll be one here in, in three weeks, just for you. Okay, just for me. I give him a $100 deposit. I said, don't give it to anybody else. I said, same car, right? He goes, same car. And I set my expectations. I set my expectations. Oh, there it is. I set my expectations. Now, he calls me and he says, your car is here. I was so excited. You know, I took an Uber to the dealership. This why I didn't have anybody to drive me. And I couldn't wait. And when I got there, he threw the keys at me with a big smile. My fifth, my fifth car from that dealership. Four forerunners and one Rav4. Toyota's best car on the road, as far as I'm concerned. And I go outside, and there's the car, and it's got highway tires on it with standard alloy wheels, and it doesn't have the TRD Pro roof rack, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have the big incredible functional skid plate under the, the front that's painted white with red letters TRD. Doesn't have any of that. And then I see the, de the you know, the, uh, the, the riveted on decal on the back upper corner panel and it says TRD off-road. And I looked at the guy and I said, there's nothing off-road about this car. I said, this is an SR5, the base model, with highway tires, there's no skid plate, there's no, you know, rugged, off the road, you know, uh, what was the name of that kid's show, the Wild Thornberries, remember them? Wild Thornberries, where they would go out into Africa and had all of their luggage up on the top, it, none of them. So they accepted a vehicle that they told me was a TRD Pro and it was a TRD off-road. I was so flabbergasted and I was embarrassed to say, hey, you motherfuckers, you knew I'm all over your computer system. You knew what I had. You ordered me the wrong car. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. I set the expectations. The expectations were unmet. Guess what? Johnny boy had a whole big butt fucking load of angst. I still do. I still do. Now I'm kind of stuck with the car. I, I, I'm just, that's a story of unmet expectations. expectations. Now, I could have made a big stink, but you know what? In my excitement to order that car, and because I trusted them, I trusted them. Right? Fifth car from that dealership, and they, they knew what car I was turning in. They screwed me. Now, did they screw me on purpose? Probably not. Probably not. But it was my fault. I didn't have anything in writing that they were going to take the receipt of a 2022 Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro. Here comes the TRD off-road with highway tires, with no skid plate, none of the... the the bells and whistles or the accoutrements of that car. Nothing 
was a TRD Pro because there's only one Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro, and that wasn't it. Wow. John, like you said, expectations. You know, we do set ourselves up. We build the house for takers to take, to come in our house and just take from us. And like you said, that's a great example. Expectations run high. I mean, look at the expectations as parents we have from our kids. I mean, sometimes we expect certain things from our kids. And because we, you, if you're a parent, you've dedicated your life to your kids. You've yeah. given to your kids time and time again. And then sometimes when you ask for a little something in return, just to wet your beak. <laughs> wet your beak. I knew that would get you. Just to wet right. your beak. A little something back. Nothing. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Beak. Nothing. Yeah. And and no, it's it's right. just frustrating as heck. I mean, so right. so what are we supposed to do as people, as human beings, as heart pumping blood going through our veins? Mm -hmm. What are we supposed to do? We're we supposed to change? Are we supposed well, to become cold, not helpful? Mm, no, I I think you have to rise above the whole issue. Yes. And and let me say this, and I'm going to tell a quick story because I'm all about well, telling so stories. That's why we're here. You know, it's funny. I was accused as a kid of the guy that couldn't tell a story. Wow. Now I, I my how now, things have changed. Now all I do is tell stories against mm. all odds. My life, right? Mm. So I had a girlfriend, mm. and um, this is a long time ago. No names, please. No, God, no. And uh, no names, no towns. <laughs> and um, it's very, very interesting how. Once again, the angst that 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 hits us like an incoming missile, we so very often we set ourselves up for the angst. We really, really do. So, and I think that relationships and getting hurt and getting disappointed, if you're lucky, you experience that because everything happens for a reason. True. And and when they're, you know, early relationships in your life, they're everything to you. And that's because you don't know jack shit about life yet. That's why those early love relationships are everything. Because they're the first relationships you have. You know, beyond Stewie and Lois, <laughs> beyond the time when you're a baby and there's mom and your dad and your, your siblings, you don't know any relationships with anybody. And for me, I think those early love relationship disappointments and the grief and the sorrow and the woe is me and goodbye cruel world, that's practice for the day when you're married and you get torpedoed by your spouse. And as life goes on and you expect some kind of a little bit of love in return from your kids. The, the, the only people on the planet that are sharing some of your genetics, they stick it right up your ass. Mm. And that's when, that's when, that's when you think back to those love relationship, you know, stories and you go, oh, I guess that was just practice. That really, that was just that, that wasn't even an exhibition game. That was just, you know, spring training. Yes. So I had a girlfriend. I was all in on her. I used to throw myself in psycho-emotionally to whatever girl really paid attention to me. Mm -hmm. And forget about if the relationship was consummated with intimacy. That was it. <laughs> the idiot here 
you know, thought that, you know, I, I confused intimacy with love. I did. That's a great episode because there's a lot of people like that. They think the act of, of sex, we yeah. only call lovemaking, is love. Yeah. And it's not. Right. So, so then, then I've come to find that I was being future faked. Now, if anybody knows what that term is, all you have to do is go on YouTube and just type in narcissism or narcissist, oh. and you will find about 25 billion videos from oh. all different kinds of psychologists and, and people who aren't psychologists, but they've been so ravaged by narcissists in their life that they become you know, experts, and then they go, you know, I got to tell the rest of the world about the narcissist. And so there's a whole boatload of, of uh, self, self-help videos on YouTube about <laughs> the narcissist and the victims of narcissists and wow. trauma bonding and this and that. So the point was, yeah, go ahead. Every, se- every serial killer is a narcissist. That's all I'm going to say. If you've ever dealt with a narcissist, every serial killer is a proven narcissist. I'm sorry, John, go ahead. I- I, you know what? I wish we had a button with an organ strike. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. That's yeah. scary. So so this particular person, I was all in on. Uh, and when I say, I mean, I would have done anything. I would have jumped on a grenade, a live grenade for, for her. Then I found out. How do I put this politely? I'll, I'll make it really vanilla. She was consorting with three of us at the same time. I love that choice of words, consorting. Yeah. She, was, she was consorting with three of us at the same time. And the other two, apparently, were shits and giggles. It didn't matter. You know, a couple lines of coke, a six-pack of beer, a motorcycle, and boom, it was, uh, it was a done deal. And that was never me. That was never me. I was in love with my girlfriend. How fucking stupid. How sappy. How lame of me. How lame. You know, so, guys, protect your hearts. Girls, protect your hearts. Yeah, don't be so quick to, to, you know, I don't mean this. I meant open up the heart space and hand your heart to a, an energy vampire, to a narcissist, Ooh. to a sociopath. Yeah. Don't do it because, because the angst that you're going to feel, and it feels like getting hit by a tractor trailer going 90 miles an hour, you think your world is ending. That angst was all enabled by you and the, the situation that you created. You actually don't realize it, but you're the one that threw it down at them. Mm. This is how I feel about you. Therefore, you must feel this way about me. And when it doesn't happen and doesn't come back in equal share to you, unmet expectation, angst. Get used to it. That's what kids are all about. John, if you had to alchemize this highly emotional episode, how would you do it? Yeah, and, and we will do another episode oh. on not misconstruing, um, you know, yes. bare naked intimacy for for real love. And I also yeah. want to touch on narcissism as well. Well, that's... O-M-G. 
Well, you better study up on that one. Because, study? I lived it. Are well, you kidding yeah, me? But, but I mean, there, I, there's so... I was in the belly of the beast. I, I, I believe. I believe. Yeah. And, right. and, um... Let it go. Well... I think all I can say to alchemize this whole issue about unmet expectation, angst, um, what was the original? John, that was too long ago. No, the original term was... um, Well, givers, uh, unappreciative. Was it? Ungratefulness? Right, right. It's all all tied in together. All I can say is... Things like that are the, it's what makes the stew of life worth eating. Now, you may think it's a catastrophe. You may think it's the end of the world. The old saying, calm seas do not a sailor make, you know, right? I mean, if I didn't have these tumultuous relationships where I felt completely eviscerated and and stabbed and and gutted, and gutted, <laughs> gutted by the by the girls that I thought I was in love with. If if that didn't happen to me, where would I be today? I wouldn't have I wouldn't have all of those unbelievable stories, the unmet expectations, getting torpedoed, getting gutted how could she? You know, I can remember not sleeping for a week straight because I was so distraught over a girlfriend that I caught cheating on me. It's a hoot. When you think back, it's it's a fucking hoot because in the scope of your entire eternity, right, that's not even a speck. A speck on that timeline is your entire life in this skin, and that one episode is just a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a speck. And as you go down the, the timeline of your, your eternal existence, you become a warrior, you become a soldier. Can you imagine amassing, you know, the world is in a war right now, right? We're in an informational World War III, but Russia has invaded Ukraine. What would anybody think of a bunch of soldiers that they pulled, I don't know, out of um, the Fluff and Stuff Brigade. And they sent them to the front lines with, without any of the equipment that, that a real soldier should have. They just sent them out there in their underwear, butt naked, no guns, no training, no experience, no nothing. It's gonna be a shoot 'em up gang. Right? They're not gonna win the war. They're not gonna, they're not gonna perform well. But everything that happens to you in your life is meant to make you the ultimate warrior, the ultimate spiritual warrior. And that's that's where we leave the third dimensional shit out. There goes our computer again. Um, so think about that, people. The, the regret that we may feel, the angst that we may feel from people who are ungrateful or moments or happenstances where we feel so hurt, We've actually played our part. We, we, there's something in a, in a, uh, like a car accident called contributory negligence, where if you get, you get into a car accident, ultimately the judge is going to assign negligence on both sides. 
you know, 85% this guy, 15% that guy. It's called contributory negligence. We live a life of contributory negligence. So don't be so surprised when you get torpedoed. Don't be so surprised when somebody that you were counting on to be grateful for your actions somehow or another appears to be not grateful. They're an ingrate. Get over yourself. Don't worry about getting over them. Get over yourself and become the warrior that you were meant to be. Great way to finish, John. Great episode. Uh, thank you for letting us talk about that. That was a you know, passionate subject. People, I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what we're doing, please follow us. Subscribe. Subscribe. Tell Come your on. friends. You don't want me to beg, do you? Uh, not this episode. Not yet, but soon. All right. Till next time. Peace. See you.